This is a CNA podcast. Now, Health Matters with Daniel Martin. Welcome aboard to Health Matters, everybody. Thank you for joining me. Now, so many of us, of course, read about the diagnosis uh, for our Prime Minister, Lee Hsien Loong, his first diagnosis with COVID-19, coming off some recent trips he'd taken as well. And he had a Facebook post. He talked about how he's feeling okay. He's on the road to recovery. He's been prescribed, he says, uh, an antiviral treatment, Paxlovid, he mentioned in his posting. And uh, that also started people thinking about like, oh yeah, I mean, maybe some of my elderly loved ones might have benefited from that as well. I spent a lot of time during the last two, three years talking about the rise of the antivirals and how they can actually help with recovery, particularly for our older individuals as well. So in light of PM Lee's recent diagnosis and his utility of this antiviral, let's talk a little bit more about how something like this would work. On today's show, Dr. Lee Ta Hong joins me, infectious disease physician from infectious, infectious diseases care. Dr. Lee, welcome aboard. Hi there. Hi, Daniel. So Happy to be here. Let's talk a little bit about Paxlova was mentioned by PM Lee in particular. Um, what exactly is this? How does it work? Right. Paxlova is an antiviral pill um, specifically for the treatment of COVID-19 infection. And uh, being an antiviral, it works by directly affecting the cell cycle or rather the, the life cycle of the production or the replication of the uh, COVID-19 virus. And that's how it works uh, in the body. So I remember reporting on it when it was first unveiled and revealed and approved in Singapore as well. This is one of those that's a, it's a fairly new development, is it? The the, the availability of something like Paxlovid, but it's been around Singapore for a long time, ever since the COVID approvals lah. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, you know, it it, it was really um, 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 produced and and, um, um, approved quite quickly. Um, Of course, with all the due process being done to ensure that it is it works, it has gone through um, clinical trials. It is safe. It is effective. And well, it is it is an amazing uh, amazing that you know you got such a uh, effective drug yeah. uh, in a span of two years, three years. And it has been shown to be very effective, hasn't it? I've covered a lot of studies um, talking about its efficacy. Uh, yes. So Paxlovid works the best uh, when a patient has um, risk factors for COVID-19, severe COVID-19 infection. So people who have uh, risk factors include those who are unvaccinated. And even among those who are vaccinated, uh, people who are elderly, has other medical problems like chronic heart disease, lung disease, uh, kidney disease, um, then it will reduce the risk of them developing from mild to a severe COVID uh, infection. Ah, so, so the key really is its ability to stop what, the spike protein from replicating or to stop the COVID from replicating within the body. Yes, you're right. Yeah, so in doing so, it reduces the amount of virus in the body, thereby, you know, reducing and um, uh, attenuating the severity of the infection. Does that depend on the viral load that you've got or within the body already, how much you were exposed to and so on? Um, currently, not really. Um, the studies have not shown that, you know, it, there's a direct correlation this way, but the important thing about Paxlovid is to start it early, um, you know, before the virus really replicates in a very large numbers. And so the utility of Paxlovid usually um, is indicated in the first five days ah. once the patient develops symptoms. Ah, I see. Okay. So here's the thing, Dr. Lee. I mean, many of us have encountered COVID, um, and, but we all have not been prescribed something like Paxlovid. 
it's mainly reserved for the use of for, for, for older individuals or for at-risk individuals. Is that right? Yes. So for Paxlovid, um, it is usually, usually reserved for people who are older, so uh, 60 years and above, and those who are really at risk of getting severe disease. So at this stage um, of the pandemic, um, and also with Omicron, um, you, we... Most, a lot of the infections are mild infections, particularly if the person is young, is healthy, has got no other medical problems. But of course, there, is, there are subsets of people uh, within us you know, who are um, um, prone to having severe illness. And this is where the roles of um, antivirals such as Paxlovid comes in. Really, um, we are not reducing infection with Paxlovid. We are reducing the severity of the infection. So... Most of us, when we are healthy, when we are young, we have got no other medical problems. Um, COVID caused a few days of fever, mm. runny nose, sore throat, cough. We do feel miserable sure, for yeah. some periods of time, but you know we will then recover from it. Uh, we don't have to go to the emergency department or get admitted to a hospital. Um, and and so you know that Paxlovid may not be really um, very useful for people who are very at low risk of um, severe infection, but certainly it's very useful for people who are at an increased risk. And that's what we want to do to prevent people from falling really sick um, from COVID-19. Exactly. Speaking of, does it make the recovery a little bit better? I think a lot of us would like to know that if my elderly parent contracts COVID and if they are put on Paxlovid, that somehow it's going to make the experience a little bit easier. Right. So the trials for Paxlovid mainly looks at something that is probably a bit more um, pragmatic. They look at um, the risk of attending the emergency department, uh, hospitalization and death. And so currently the trials on Paxlovid looks at more in that aspect and that's where the benefit comes in. Mm, okay. And are you take, is, it a, is it a long-term thing? Are you taking it for as long as you're testing positive? What's the usual treatment regimen for something like this? Right. The standard treatment regimen will be five days of Paxlovid. Um, so it is a pill taken twice a day. Um, and after five days, you are done with it. Mm. Well tolerated, Dr. Lee? Is it um, got some known side effects, let's say? Yeah, Paxlovid is generally well tolerated. Um, some patients do um, get a bit of abdominal discomfort, nausea. But most of the time, it's well tolerated. But what is important about Paxlovid is, is that it has got significant drug interactions with other medications. Ah. And so, you know, when you are prescribed with Paxlovid, then it is best to ask uh, your doctor, you know, whether you need to stop some other drugs that you could be taking. Got it. So this could be your medications for your heart condition, your diabetes, even that kind of thing? Uh? Yes. Um, so it, what we commonly encounter are patients who are on um, a class of cholesterol medications called statins. Mm. So that we do have to stop statins for a short period of time while you're taking Paxlovid. Got it. Okay. Now, on the flip side, let's say my elderly loved one above the age of 70 contracts COVID but hasn't been prescribed Paxlovid. Can I ask my family physician to consider that for the treatment of my older loved one? Sure, yes. Um, so you can talk to the, uh, the GP um, who, you know, who will be seeing your loved ones and um, have a conversation about starting Paxlovid. Coming up, we're going to find out a little bit more on what else lies in the realm of antiviral treatments that exist within Singapore that could help with COVID recovery. Dr. Li Tao Hong is here, infectious disease physician from Infectious Diseases Care. Stay tuned to Health Matters. Now, 
Health Matters with Daniel Martin. Welcome back to Health Matters, right here on CNA 938. Good to have you on board, everybody. How do antivirals work for helping somebody recover from COVID-19? That's the focus on today's edition. Dr. Lee Tao Hong joining me. Dr. Lee is an infectious disease physician from Infectious Diseases Care. Dr. Lee, talk to me a little bit about, you know, we've been mentioning Paxlovid a lot because PM Lee, of course, mentioned that in um, his posting and how he was prescribed that. And that was the tipping point for today's discussion. But is that the only real um, antiviral that's available in Singapore? Are there other antivirals? Do they work the same way? Right. So we do have uh, other antivirals available in Singapore. Um, The other antiviral that you would probably hear of is remdesivir. Uh, Remdesivir is given um, intravenously, so it doesn't have quite that um, convenience compared to Paxlovid where it is given orally. So for remdesivir, um, you have to go and visit a doctor. You may have to be admitted to a facility. Uh, It it will be about three to five doses, um, generally three doses for patients with severe illness uh, or rather patients with mild illness and preventing them from getting um, severe illness. Um, So it's given once a day. So therein lies the um, slight inconvenience because you have to give it through the veins. The other medication is called monopiravir. Uh, it's also available um, in Singapore. And monopiravir is also anti- antiviral. It is also taken orally. Um, however, the evidence for using monopiravir is probably not as robust as using Paxlovid in terms of reducing the risk of getting severe COVID. Interesting. So... Would there be a choice for a regular patient? Does it depend on what the GP has in stock? I mean, or the nature of the, the COVID that your older lover might have? What dictates which one you get, I wonder? Right. So in the outpatient setting, then the, I suppose the first choice drug would be Paxlovid because studies have shown that it is effective in re- reducing the risk of severe COVID. Um, and also because of the convenience. Now, as I mentioned earlier, Paxlovid does have um, some contraindications or there are some reasons why a person may not be able to take Paxlovid. Mm. Um, Number one is on drug interactions. So if the patient is on some other medications where those medications cannot be stopped temporarily while on Paxlovid, then the the physician, the GP, may not be able to give Paxlovid to this patient. Another reason why someone may not be able to take Paxlovid is because of poor renal function. So Paxlovid may not be given in patients uh, who whose renal function falls below uh, a kidney function falls below a certain threshold. Then, mm. in terms of um, the other drug, uh, remdesivir, then you know um, patients who are admitted to hospital uh, then can be given that drug because you need to give it through the veins. I see. So here's the thing. It sounds like the benefit here is that we've got a variety of options for different needs cases. Yes, you are right. So um, it depends on, you know, uh, whether the patient has got um, what we call contraindications to a particular drug and then also um, the preference of the patient, you know, where would they like to receive treatment. Of course, then the best will be receiving treatment um, in the community while at home. So you're taking, so if you are taking oral pills, then that will be the best. Yeah, easiest, most yes. convenient. Um, and if it's amenable for your health situation, the good news is it is available. So it's meaningful for elderly loved ones. Your doctor might prescribe it. If they haven't for your um, elderly loved one, maybe you can chat with them, with your GP, and talk to them about that as well. And it's just a five-day course for the oral, sub- the oral pill version, yeah? Yes, you are.
are right. Very good. Okay, so coming up, what other advice would Dr. Lee have for persons who are older and dealing with COVID-19, in some cases, maybe for the first time even? We'll talk more to Dr. Lee Tahong just a bit. Stay tuned. Now, Health Matters with Daniel Martin. Learning more about how we can recover from COVID-19. With a recent diagnosis of PM Lee Sien Long, he talked about how being somebody over the age of 70 has been prescribed with Paxlovid. And of course, you know, he's feeling okay and, and dealing with it for the very first time. If your older loved one has had or will be getting or, or has just contracted their first diagnosis of COVID-19, what do you need to bear in mind, let's say? Dr. Lee, let's talk about that. For an older individual who is encountering COVID for the very first time, for our loved ones, our parents, our grandparents, our uncles, our aunts, let's say, what's your advice for, you know, when it comes to recovery aspects for the elderly? Right. So the elderly are more prone to getting severe disease or severe infection from COVID-19. I mean, granted, most of um, the elderly population do uh, recover uneventfully, but there is a bigger subset of patients, a proportion of patients who are prone to having severe illness. Now, so in the elderly, um, generally they have poorer physiological reserves. So the heart function, the lung functions, the kidney functions may not work as well as someone who is younger or who has not uh, who, who doesn't have as many other medical conditions. So for the elderly, it is slightly more uh, complicated. You have to pay a bit more attention. So um, other than you know um, getting symptomatic treatments, symptomatic relief to feel better, um, what we encounterly or what we commonly encounter is that um, patients who are elderly they do not eat very well, they may not drink very well, they get dehydrated, and sometimes you know when um, they fall ill with COVID, they can't really tell that they are having COVID. The symptoms of cough and runny nose and fever may not be that pronounced uh, in this group of people. And so um, they may come down with unspecific um, um, symptoms. They may have a fall because they are dizzy. And so these are some things that, you know, um, the elderly population um, are more prone to. And diagnosing um, COVID-19 in them may take a bit more, um, it's not as straightforward as, you know, the other people. That's interesting that even the diagnosis can be a little bit different for that person. Yes. So in, in, in the older people, um, you know, other than COVID-19, if they come down with other infections, they do present slightly atypically from, you know, the younger people. What are we talking about, though, in terms of the warning signs to look out for? If the, because, okay, they might be maybe on an antiviral, maybe not. Also coping with other health issues, mm. they might be managing their heart condition, their cholesterol, their, their diabetes, and so on. And at the same time, dealing with this recovery, it's going to be so much more challenging. I mean, just the simple fact of bed rest and visiting the bathroom and, and the increased sedentary aspect as well. The recovery period, can it be longer? Can it be more challenging for the older individual? Yes, it certainly can. So some of the... the important symptoms or signs that we look out for uh, includes things like breathlessness. So if a person having COVID turns, feels breathless, then it is uh, uh, an urgent symptom or urgent sign you know, that something is 
more severe than you know the run of the mill COVID nineteen infection that most of us get. Yeah. So that is something that uh, we have to pay attention to. Now the other aspect, especially in the elderly, is that they may not take uh, their fluids very well. They may not drink enough water. They get dehydrated. And coupled with the fact that some of them may have pre-existing kidney conditions, that may cause um, you know uh, acute or chronic or worsening of their uh, already poor kidney function. And so these uh, the elderly um, they tend to you know come in more sick, uh, tend to be more ill, and once they get admitted to the hospital, their recovery process will be a bit longer. It'll be more gradual, and they may get what we call deconditioned. Um, they may not be able to walk very well after that. So it takes a bit of time yeah. for them to get back their strength, get back their appetite, and so on. Final point before I let you go, Dr. Lee, which is Dr. PM Lee also mentioned that reminded all of us to keep up to date with our vaccinations. Tell you the truth, uh, I also lost track a little bit. All I can remember is my fourth one that I did, and that was the last one that I did. What is your key takeaway when it comes to keeping up to date? Right, so um, usually we will recommend getting your uh, vaccines uh, once it has gone in the last five to six months, then to track your vaccines, whether you have gotten the latest one that's available, um, and then just keep up to date. Well, as I mentioned um, earlier about the antivirals, um, that is just another layer of protection against getting severe illness. Now, getting vaccinated is still a very effective way of yet reducing the risk of getting severe illness. So please get vaccinated. Thank you so much to my guest, Dr. Lee Tao Hong, infectious disease physician from Infectious Diseases Care. I'm Daniel Martin, and this has been Health Matters. Before making any decisions based on the information in our program, please consult a medical professional.